January 3rd, 2017. It's Watt from Pedro Show.
Pedro Show, happy 2017. This is the first edition for this new year. I'm in Pedro, but now with Brother Maddie's indisposed. Next week, I think I get to be with him again. But I'm not alone via the wonders of Skype. Thank you, good software engineers in Estonia. Uh, I've got Lee Colcott here from London, England, to talk about his journey through music. I should say we started off with John Coltrane doing Witch's Pit. This is when he was a side man, actually. A couple other Barry players. And uh, uh, Prestige started to, yeah, once uh, John Coltrane started doing his own thing. The, uh, hey, he used to do some of this, too. He'd play with anybody. I, I've got the Prestige box set, and it's uh, pretty incredible. And it's neat to hear him in those what led to what he would do later in his life and then we had Level with Skank Bag Sally and uh, Lee tell me your, your uh, earliest musical memory um, my earliest musical memory would have been uh, hearing Oliver's Army by Elvis Costello um, I'm not really a fan of Elvis Costello, but I remember that song. I, I, it's probably the first kind of melody that I, that I remember. Um, Where were you? Um, I, I was at my grandmother's house in Enfield, and uh, my uncle had this. He 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 was kind of into his music a lot, um, and yeah, I remember him having this old separate uh, stereo, uh, big record collection. So I have this distinct memory of, of kind of hearing the song, um, yeah, just playing in the, in the lounge room. 
your family was visiting or something? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd spend a lot of time with my grandmothers. Um, we'd, we'd go, you, you know, back and forward family stuff. Sure. Um, and then pr- probably the the next one would be uh, Super Trooper by ABBA. I, I just I remember hearing that. It was it record or was it radio? Um, it was radio, and it was in the car. I remember we were going on a shopping trip or something. So we, how old are we talking about? I must have been about five, maybe. Okay, kindergarten. Okay. So um, that, that is very interesting. What, what about the first record you bought on your own? Um, the first record I bought was Flash by Queen. Okay. Um, being a little kid and into Star Wars and all that stuff, um, I remember uh, Top of the Pops played a video with all clips of the film and, and that was it. And, and it was all over the record shops at the time, this uh, Flash logo everywhere. Yeah, so uh, do you remember, uh, yeah, record stores, visiting record stores, uh, going through the bins? Sure, yeah. What um, about cassettes? My, yeah, well, um, my, my mum was... Uh, Massively into music. My, my dad liked music too, but um, my mum really, um, you know, she 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 had the kind of music passion. Was uh, just a listener, or did she make music herself? Um, no, just a listener, um, and she was kind of. So I, did I you have probably, anybody in the pad playing? No, no, not at okay. all. But um, but what what happened was um, when when my like my mum and dad split up. Um, my mum got into punk um, in, in the early 80s. Um, so pro- probably about 81, 82, my mum started getting into punk music uh, big time and hanging out with a punk crowd and that kind of thing. Um, and, so you and got that to hear music from that, that scene, right? Totally, totally. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's weird. Like, for instance, years later, I remember... Um, hearing This Ain't No Picnic by the Minutemen and recognising it from, like, be, you know, some, someone must have stuck it on the stereo one day around there or something. It's really, really weird. Wow. Well, it wasn't a single, so somebody must have yeah, had double nickels on the dime. the album or, uh, you know, on the vinyl or something. P- people had always come around to be playing their records. And yeah, that I mean, it wasn't just a record. It was a double record. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I, re- I remember uh, growing up um, a lot of time. Most of my mum's stuff was uh, seven inch, and you know all of the album. Uh, sorry, all of the record covers. Um, there, there was one by a band called the Skids. Oh um, yeah, I remember them. Uh, Charade, and the, the cover of it was two. It was a picture of two guys playing cards. Um, and, and, and I think one, one of them was kind of holding a gun maybe behind his back or something like that. Um, and, yeah, it, it, um, a, a lot of those album covers made a big impression on me. I'd spend a long time looking at them. Sure. What about, what about school? Did you do any music in school? Um, when, when I was uh, about 12, I think, I started to learn the violin. Okay. Um, and I spent about a year on that played the Christmas concert, um, and there, it was uh, the, only, the only fucking thing we did the whole time was the theme from Alfred Hitchcock, 
and it was like a three-hour concert. Which which Alfred Hitchcock? You you know the old uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Oh, oh, his own show. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, the only bit we did was a kind of do do do, and that was it. That was our contribution. So now, now, whose idea was violin? Um. Well, it was mine. Um, we had home economics, and I wasn't interested in cooking at all. Um, and they had a drum kit, and I really wanted to learn the drum kit. And they had a they, drum kit in the home ec room? Um, no, no, they had a music room. Oh, okay, a, a okay. tiny music room with a drum kit set up. Sure, sure. But they wouldn't let me on it. So the only other way I could get out of home ec was to do violin. Okay. Um, at least and, it was music. I, I, I kind of enjoyed it, but this concert was so... Um, the, the rehearsals were so awful. If you can imagine a load of school kids that were all equally shit at playing. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, there'd, there'd be these eight-hour ha- eight rehearsals, and the only thing that we had to do was dum, dum, dum. These three strokes on the violin. Yeah. Um, so I, I quit after that. Okay. <laughs> Look... This uh, barking station on acid. What can you tell me about this tune? Um, that song was. I, I tried to base it on an experience of um, a bunch of us one night going out to this nightclub. There, there used to be this great alternative club in Ilford called the Island. Uh, Ilford in Essex, kind of London border. Um, the Island would have like a couple of thousand people at its peak going, going listening to rock and alternative music every Friday. One day on the way up there, someone had popped acid into our, into our beer um, and we arrived at Barking Station, which is a real, it's a rough, it, it's a pretty rough place. Bark, Barking was where me and my buddies grew up. Um, and... Um, yeah, we, we basically arrived at the station and this fog had arrived and, and everyone had come up and it was shit scary. Um, everyone freaked out at the same time. So I thought, yeah, a short song about that experience. Okay, let's listen.
I'm on my way across the golden valley. I'm on my way. I'm leaving today. I said I'm on my way. You never turn me back now. There's nothing left to do. Hallelujah, I'm on my way. I said I'm on my way to the golden valley. I won't be hindered or be led astray. People, when I'm on my way, you never bend or break me. Said I'm on my way. Pray my will won't bend, Lord, my heart won't sway. People, when I'm on my way, you never turn me back now. There's nothing left to do. Hallelujah, I'm on my way. Said I'm on my way. You never bend or break me.
My girl don't look like Madonna She gets hot when she turns on a bug light Bug light, bug light
Estar a tu lado, 
Watch for Pedro Show. Yep, that was Barking Station on Acid. Leval. After that, Luke Winslow King on my way. Yeah, I got some stuff from Bloodshot out of Chicago. Flat Five Bug Light. Babes New York City, they got new recording. Tiger Knight. Out of Skopje. Vasco. Out of Nososki. God, got to get better at that. With Godovi, the Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, Z mix, of course. Uh, the Wrinkling Brothers, Anaconda Feet. Wrinkling Brothers, that's Joe Dean's proj with uh, George Hurley on drums. Speaking of which, we said uh, Picnic and Dime, uh, Double Nickels on Dime. And I just learned we lost uh, Keith Sharon. He was a really, really nice cat. Him and Tim Irwin put together that documentary, uh, We Jam Econo, more than 10 years ago now. And just a beautiful man, and brain cancer got him. It was terrible. I really miss him. He was very sweet. Also to my ma, every year, Christmas stuff for her. You know, he was really glad she was in that doc. Well, you find out that Actually, Dee Boone's ma and Georgie's ma, all of them were very strong with the Minuteman. Uh, Sin Consuelo, very be careful. Yeah, some guy came up to me and last week we played uh, with X in West Hollywood and this guy, hey, I saw you with uh, very be careful and uh, yeah, I love cumbia. And I, I said, I thought it's Vallenato. Yeah, 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 that's older version. That was so cool. It's the uh, Guzman brothers, you know. These guys, uh, righteous band. We'll play together again. And then finally, Stefano Palia, which is the Osonio de Marinaio uh, guitar man with his solo album. And uh, the big daddy on that, baby, The Invisible City. And I just got a box of music from him, so we'll be playing some more of his stuff. And a flannel. Love getting flannels from Italy. And uh, actually... Uh, Last time I was in London was with uh, Stefano and Andrea, and it's when I saw Lee at this strange kind of club, like in a mall. <laughs> kind of trippy vibe. Um, what is it called? Academy? That's right. Um, yeah, the O2 Academy. Yeah, um, I think uh, when I go back, you know, we're going to do another tour of Sonia de Marnaio in September, October. And I think uh, Otto, have you been to that pad? Um, I haven't, actually. I keep hearing about gigs going on there. I haven't yeah. made it over there. I've been invited to do a residency, so I think I'll do something with Thirst one day, and then uh, the Fratelli, the Italian guys, they'll, they'll do that because they do their own solo musics, too. And, awesome. Uh, it was just something about the vibe of that. <laughs> but, you know, everybody was very cool. Uh, That's wicked, man. But, you know, where I'd like to go back to is where I... Uh, first two gigs in a long time that I really liked in London was Lexington. I also like that place by where you were in, uh, what was it, Windmill? In, in, yes. Uh, Brixton. Yes. Yeah. That, that's right. South did, of the did, river. Did, did you see the little windmill? I did, I did. I also saw the dog on the roof. <laughs> Sits on the roof. Yeah, he like belongs here, I think. That's what the people told me. So, okay, Lee... Besides the violin, when do you start making music? Um, 
Well, the, 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 I actually decided to make music. Um, I, I can tell you the exact moment. And I was watching the Rollins Band at Reading, um, 1994. Hank Rollins. Uh, sorry? Hank Rollins. Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, he was playing Liar, um, and the crowd were chanting, you fat bastard at him. Um, and he changed all of the lyrics to the song on the spot, just ripping the piss out of England. Um, and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Okay. Um, and so you said, I want to start a band. <laughs> yeah, me, me and my mum stood there, and we, we were just hooting with laughter. Um, and the whole crowd was throwing things at him and everything. It, it was brilliant. And I was watching it and I thought, oh, man, I, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to do that. Okay. So we got to give Hank credit. I, I, I should have asked you, what was your first gig? Um, the first one I played. No, the first uh, band you saw live. Um, I think the that's first really band I saw live were the Florida satanic heavy metal band Deerside. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was so extreme um, and it scared the shit out of any of my friends who had only ever heard kind of uh, early 90s rave music or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like, yeah, yeah, this, this affects people. I, I'm, I'm going to get into this. So, so you know, I, did, I, I can't say I've got too much into the, um, you know, sacrificing goats side of things. Um, but I, I like the extremeness of the music. Then. And you wanted to see a gig. How old were you? Yeah, I was 16. Okay, so you were uh, still in high school. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I thought it was unbelievable. It, it was awesome. Uh, the funniest thing was I was wearing an REM T-shirt when uh, <laughs> I walked in this crowd of Satanists. I did not fare well in the mosh pit, I'll tell you that much. That's okay. That was just uh, for the uh, grist for the mill. <laughs> now, now you, 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 later on, you, know, you see Hank, and now you want to make a band. So what's your first attempt? Well, I, I tried out for loads of bands. I wanted to be a singer. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And uh, I, I just kept trying out for all these bands, and they were, like, pretty good. And um, we're talking, like, the Barking area? Um, yeah, and, and, and kind of a bit wider out into London. Okay. Um, but it didn't really get going. What did you do? You answered uh, ads in the paper or...? By this yeah, time, there's yeah. internet. Uh, in, in the Melody Maker, okay. the uh, NME back in the day, um, and uh, Kerrang! magazine as well. Sure. Um, they'd all have news I've had, so um, I'd just go and respond to them. And if it was something that looked, you know, sort of along my musical tastes, I'd, I'd give them a call. Uh, normally, last a rehearsal, and they'd be like, uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, <laughs> keep, keep trying. Um, <laughs> Oh, and man, so kind of a character builder, so... <laughs> totally, totally. I, I, I got used to rejection pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't really get going until um, these these older dudes um, that I had seen at this club that I was talking about, the island. Um, yeah, the island. They, they played there. And a few years later, the band had split up, and they asked me to, to join up with them and sing, and they just gave me a shot. 
basically. And even though I didn't know what I was doing, they, they gave me a good chance. And that was, that was my friends, Pat and Andre. Uh, and, and they they put me on the road. And what's they, the name of that band? Uh, Flick Hammer. Freak Hammer. Flick Hammer. Um, like a flick. Like oh, oh, F-L-I-C-K. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this was a joke. It's like the Irish mugger uh, would mug you with a flick hammer. That that was the the joke that they said. So. Well, a flick hammer is a little hammer. It's not doesn't pack much punch. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Irish mugger. Of course, he would have to be Irish. <laughs> he didn't have a flick knife. He had a flick hammer. <laughs> Funny. The human beings are fun. Okay, so what? You guys go on tour. Um, no, no, we played. We lasted for two gigs. Oh, we just played, two, two gigs at the island. Um, no, we played one at a local pub called the Westbury in Barking, uh, okay. which was pretty famous for the fights um, and <laughs> just kind of basic, you know, rough activity. Um, and somehow we brought heavy metal and hardcore to this like little dingy um, cutthroat pub. Um, and packed, packed it out. It was an enormous success. And then the second gig, um, the bassist and the guitarist started kicking each other because um, I was so terrible. And that, that so they because you were so terrible, they started fighting amongst themselves. Yeah, exactly. Which was pretty impressive. They yeah. didn't beat me up. It, it was kind of. I just remember that you know these two guys have been best friends for years, and I remember they were, they were kind of kicking each other outside the place, and it was like, oh god, well, you know, I'm, I can see what I'm doing here. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, well you know sometimes things are like. What, what, what was the second gig? Um, the second gig was supporting. Um, it, it was quite a quite a kind of uh, a significant gig, really, because we were supporting my friends Maya scene who were, they were unbelievable, uh, unbelievably good band. I'll, I'll have to chuck you, you know, throw, throw you in their direction. That would be bitching. But, like, one more gig, and then the band was through. Yeah, one more gig, was, the band was through. Was but, there, there was more fighting on stage? Um, no, no, it, it was just after the, after the show. Just after the outside. Um, <laughs> And I ended up joining the band that played after us at that gig, a band called Evil Knievel. Um, ah, but, but that didn't last long either. And well, we'll get to that, Lee. We'll get to that because we're at the end of the first hour. It's January third, two thousand seventeen. Dishwater for Pedro show special guest Level. Hold tight for hour two. January third, two thousand seventeen. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. A long time ago, in feudal Japan. A shogun awakens in the dead of night to respond to the call of nature. He makes his way through the darkened castle towards the toilet area. He lifts up his robes, sticks his big fat ass over the latrine pit area and begins to strain out a large turd whilst contemplating the sumptuous feast that he'd eaten earlier that evening at the expense of the people that he worked like dogs. Isn't it a shame how the Shogun died with that spear up his backside? People had enough of his greedy old ways, no longer would they let him stay. Isn't it a shame how the Shogun died with that spear up his backside? 
people had enough of his greedy old ways no longer were they gonna let him stay there was a ninja waiting in the hole she was waiting to fill out her role and when she saw that rear she grabbed her spear stuck it up there till it was coming out his hair there was nothing anybody could do the shogun never got to finish that poo the ninja's plan worked like a dream the lord never even got a chance to scream the ninja climbed up and snuck out the back jumped in the river and washed off the If the sea, if the sea was warm, would shine. 
show started the second hour off with Ninja 4, The Defecation from Levil. Uh, any insights to that tune? Yeah, sure. Um, growing up I wanted to be a ninja um, when I became an adult. You too? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh, got into the films of Sho Kasogi. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. Yeah. Um, he was like an 80s ninja star for Canon Films. Um and, it, yeah, he's a dreadful actor, but great ninja. Okay. Um, and I, I wanted to be like him. And I got this book about ninjas, and then one day read that one of the preferred ninja methods was to hide in the latrine with a big fucking spear. So <laughs> when someone would go for a poo in the middle of the night, they'd stick the spear up their ass. And, you no, know, after that, I thought, well, they can't, if they can't throw a smoke bomb under there, you know, get in and out quick, then I, I don't want to do it. Um, it. It put me off being a ninja, to be honest, so I thought I'd, I'd make a point of mentioning that. Yeah, that's great inspiration for it, too. Then we had Clay Chaplin with Basking Improv 3, Space with Sharks, Space out of Liverpool. Got a fill there. Negative Scanner out of Chicago with Forget It, Five-Year Plan, Sheffield. Uh, la Lo... La... Yorona's Kiss. And then the Payroll Union. I think there's Sheffield too. Mission Field. Finally, Panthapod, Brighton with Cities. The rehearsal studio take. Uh, okay, this 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 persona you got, Levil. This has some kind of connect with the, the, the Evil Knievel band that you were just talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I got kicked out of them. I mean, to be fair, I was still shit. Um... 
I, I, I was trying to sing like uh, John Garcia from Caius. Um, and nice, I, come from, I come from I come from Barking, man. I don't sound anything like John Garcia. Um, and that's okay. Yeah, I, they they kicked me out, and okay. um, I, I was I, they they formed another band, got another singer, started doing well, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! It really angered me. Um, so my friends in this band, Myasing, um amazing amazing musicians, um, they basically. Uh, I was pretty depressed one day, and they were like, oh, come on, man, we'll jam a tune out with you. And it basically started Level inadvertently because they knocked up a backing track for me. Um, and I thought, right, I'm just going to, like, if, if bands are going to kick me out, I'm kicking the band out. I'm going to get up on my own and fuck the band. I'll just play a CD and scream and holler and go mental over it. Ah, I, great idea. I, yeah, kind of like a hip-hop format or something, but without the vinyl and the DJs. I mean, you tried, right? And it just didn't work out, so why not, yeah, have your own backing track and start singing? Totally. Um, so at first, the guys from Myosin, um helped me knock up the backing tracks. Um, but to be fair, I was just leaning on them all the time to, for more songs. Um, and, and, and basically, I got this gig. Um, and the first gig I played... Um, by fluke, it got a big write-up in this magazine. Um, and, and Maya Senior got me on this bill. Uh, the guy was there to, you know, kind of do, do their review. Um, and he ended up, he did their review, and he gave me this big chunk in the, in this magazine. Oh, great. Um, it was, it was now, did, did, you, did you use the name Levil? Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the connector Levil with Evil Knievel? Well, I know Evil Knievel over here. He was a stuntman on a motorcycle. That, that's right. Well, they, 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 they were, um, they, everyone in the band had a silly name. So uh, there was the Reverend Al. Um, I can't remember what Big Seamus was called. But he, he was the one who said, Levil Knievel, you're going to be Levil Knievel. Oh, okay. So it was your band name. Okay, okay. Yeah, like yeah. Like if you joined the um, Ramones. I remember uh, Clem Burke told me, they named him Elvis Ramon. He played two gigs with him. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, uh, what, what about this dirty bong water? We're going to listen to that right now. Okay. How long, ago, how long in the process? That's down the road, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was... Um, I, I was round at my friend's house. Um, I'd been able to finish work early that day. Uh, my friend lives down the road uh, in Brixton. Uh, popped around his house. He had an electronic kit and a dirty bomb, and um, and, and we kind of, he he drummed the beat out, and then uh, and it, the 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 place stunk of dirty bomb water. It, it was it was disgraceful to be honest. <laughs> okay. Nixon Terry, change your change your bomb water. Yeah, let's listen. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> 
one of the yellow emergency call boxes located at one mile intervals on your side of the way. Driver distraction is dangerous, even deadly. Please keep your on the wheel.
the highest electron affinity and the third highest electronegativity of all the reactive elements. And for this reason, chlorine is a strong oxidizing agent used within industries for production, bleaching, and disinfection. And you might be familiar with the odor from industrial cleaning or reminiscent of clean or swimming.
the shit is kept.
Picking up the sand and running to the sea Dancing in the sunlight You and me now, baby We're gonna look for Luke When the brown-eyed man meets the blue-eyed girl Hallelujah, Daddy Pedro Show. You just heard uh, Senior Al doing Loop the Loop. Uh, before that, yeah, I think he's out of London. Perfect Cluster. No Depression. Yeah, all these things. Yeah, this, uh, 
This cat from Mr. Susan, Ben. Yeah, that's where this, this chunk of music, a lot of it came from. Uh, no, no depression, perfect cluster ahead of that was uh, Decoy Octopus from Parachute for Gordo. You know Gordo, right? That means fat. <laughs> uh, chess, the Mary X accident, incident, sorry. Hearst pile up with grindstone. Uh, Space church ahead of that with chlorine. And then, uh, yeah, I got this seven inch uh, in the mail. Miss Lonely Heart with Ordinary Le Living. And we started off, of course, with Dirty Bong Water by Levo. So, uh, you went there to play his little drum kit. So, you started making your own backing tracks. Um, yeah, yeah, over time. Because um, you, when I, your friends I, I, were getting tired of you leaning on them. Exactly, yeah. It wasn't fair. They had their own stuff going sure. on. Um, and it, it, it just kind of came to the time. It was like, like I, I went out, cleared a credit card, uh, bought a load of kind of electronic synth stuff. Um, haven't really got into the computer production side of music. Um, it's just more been about hardware synthesizers and samplers and stuff. Um, uh, even though for this album, because a bit of the a bit of my equipment broke, most of the drums were done on an iPad, which is cheating, I admit. But hey, what can you do when the bloody equipment fails? It's, it's software. Um, yeah, yeah. The the drums were done on stuff software. Um, most of the keyboards are just sort of played live. I will start the song uh, not really thinking much. Uh, normally, from a percussion standpoint, yeah. And, and as, as I get the beat going, because it's an electronic beat, you can kind of muck around and get little, you know, little tonal sounds in there too. Um, and then I'll, I'll just take a bit of time and imagine, imagine something over it. Before your buddies were giving you the backing track, so of course the words came after. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah so, totally. So okay. Uh, and. Uh, for gigs, what do you bring? Like a, um, what I do, I I, I gig on, I, I get to gigs on public transport. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm tight, so I won't bring my synths out with me uh, in case I get mugged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I just basically bring at the moment my setup is um, a phone uh, to play the majority of the backing track, a chaos mixer, which is a four channel DJ mixer with a chaos pad built into the side of it. Yeah, Brother Matt's uh, got one of those made by Korg, right? You do something with your fingers by pressing on a, a kind of yeah, screen. totally. A pad. And kind of part of my early days reputation in London was that I would play the chaos pad with my genitals. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, again, if people look bored, it was like, well, this will fucking wake you up. And uh, <laughs> it did. It worked. So all you need is that, and that's a small box, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then, of uh, course, the phone is kind of small. And it's just those two things? Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll bring a SM, uh, sorry, a Super 55 Shure mic. Okay, uh, yeah, of course, a microphone. So the old kind of bullet guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that, that's about it, really. It's pretty basic. It's just more about... Um, so you can carry it in like a back sack or something. Wax yeah, yeah, you know, I've got a little suitcase, and I just kind of wheel wheel that down the road. So um, safe, so, safe sometimes I bring train. more equipment if it, if it's you know if it's viable. Yeah, it's not as big a schlep. So <laughs> they use direct boxes and just hook you up. Okay. 
And then you you uh, play the backing track, you sing over it. Yeah. Interesting. It's like the band is fired, you get a front man. It's like sort of low, low budget, uh, low budget band. What's, what's, what's this band uh, kind of recent in England? Something Mods? Sleaford Mods. That's it. I've never, I've never heard them. I've, I've heard the name. People, people tell me that's kind of what they do. They just set up a little rhythm thing and the guy raps over it. Right, right, I see. And uh, I've been, I've been recommended to check them out. It's funny, actually, that like this show is is kind of my uh, my way into the underground. I don't sort of I don't follow music that much in my own because I'm so in the middle of my own stuff at the moment. Um, it's it's good. I can be at work and kind of put on the, the Pedro show. <laughs> what's a, going on in the world? Okay, and we're just at the end of the second hour, January third, two thousand seventeen. Our guest, Levo. People hold tight for hour three. January 3rd, 2017, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
line. I jumped on it, and all my friends kind of watched me disappear into this tunnel hanging off this train that was carrying a slag or something. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what that song's about. It's about you jumping on a random freight train. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I was drunk on cider. Drunk on cider. And, uh, well, how did it end up? It ended up, I ended up at a, a techno rave in Hackney. Um, Hackney's a part of East London, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was where I was intending to go to, but, um, yeah, the, tra- the train ended up going through a tunnel, um, and, I, and it kind of stopped in the tunnel, and then started going again, and I just thought, right, whatever speed it's going, I'm jumping off when it comes out of the tunnel. And that was what I did. I jumped off. Two rail workers chased me to a fence, ch- climbed over the fence, got on a bus, ended up at the techno rave. Awesome. Wow. Like Ishmael lived to tell the tale. You know, Scotty, Scott Ashton, Stooges, uh-huh. he told me about 16 jumping on a train and falling off and broke his back. It hurt him the rest of his life. Shit. Scotty. I mean, I, yeah, I, it was the stupidest thing man. I've ever done. Yeah, so people watch out about jump trains. We started the third off our third hour off with uh, the subject of that too, White Cider Freight Train Rider Weevil. Then a brand new album from Dalem, uh, Paulina Oliveros and Nels Klein, a collaboration improv in particular. And then finally, Toxic Mutants out of Cologne with Formicula, Formicula. Uh, guest Level here. Uh, pl- uh, you're planning now to uh, what, a new piece of work? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, well, Level, the project will be 15 years old on April the 1st. Okay. Um, and by, by the um, way, by, by the way, there's a lot of Levil up on the uh, your SoundCloud page, right? That's right, yeah. Sound, um, uh, SoundCloud.com yeah. slash... Levil, L-E-E-V-I-L. That's it, okay, people. Sound, uh, SoundCloud.com slash Levil. Go check that out. There's a lot of... Uh, so 15 years worth of music up there. They're great, uh-huh. great tunes. I love them. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we're going to play you so- something live, though. Awesome. This is it's a tune called the Biggin. And uh what about this festival? You um, tell me something about this this gig. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, that gig um was at a little festival called the Malk Fest, um, that goes on in Kent. Um and there's a band called Jevra, um who And Kent is like the southeast part of England. Yes. Yeah, and and, and, so and is Ramsgate is, is Ramsgate Kent? Yes, okay. yes, it is. Because I got to play there. Great yeah, town. man. How, how was that? I really liked it. I really liked it. A little seaside town. And you yeah, can tell old tiny, old days. Quite scenic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not too far from the Canter- Canterbury. That's right. Yeah. So so uh, what about this festival? Um, yeah, well, it's a little festival that goes on um, out the back of a pub. Um, fella called Malcolm. Um 
he's just, he's just had a little one, so they put the festival off for a couple of years. But every year when it's his birthday, basically, they they would get this field out the back of the pub, um, put a couple of tents up, and uh, and just run this week sort of four day festival. Right. Um, and, and it's awesome, you know. People have just come through, and, and bands from all over the world have popped through. A really cool little place, man. What happened here? <coughs> Here's uh, the biggin from Leval. You should not do that. <laughs> That's called giving it the biggin when you. But I get a reprieve. This is why. I'm fucking bigger than all of you now. Anyway. The reason I'm babbling was because I was queuing that track up. You're beginning. You're beginning. 
Thank you.
from Pedro Show. <coughs> okay. The Biggin Live. Leval. Now, uh, I got to tell you people, uh, it's hard for you to tell, but he was wearing a mask. You might... Yes. I think the mouth part wasn't covered, but the face part was. What was it, a cat? Um, no, it's a skull. It was a skull. Okay, it looked like a cat or a... A wild cat, a leopard, or ch- okay, it was just a skull. Uh-huh. And uh, you jumped up on the table. Uh, yeah, that, you, uh, do you like to get confrontational at your gigs? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, because because, um, because I'm not a full band, I have to kind of compensate somehow. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of the time, it's just kind of trying to get people going. Uh, trying to get them to interact, not necessarily try to fight them or anything, but just get them to get them to crack a smile at least. And so the mask is like funny looking. Yeah, well, the, the mask uh, was made for me by a friend of mine because um, I I'd always wear different masks and stuff when I played, just whatever I, you know, whatever was laying around. Okay. Uh, well, and, so like uh, kind of like a lucha libre thing, you know? It's kind of the spirit. Your yeah, soul yeah, totally. in the mask, like Santo. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, I love the El Santo thing. Yeah, they were great. El Santo against the werewolf women. And, uh, yeah, El yeah, S- yeah. And, and people don't realize, I mean, it was a heavy deal with the mask. You know? Yeah, yeah, too, right. I, I, I was, uh, yeah, that it, I, I'd always kind of dug that idea. And I, I'm a big fan of, of uh old 70s film called The Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, yeah, I remember that, Paul Williams. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know what? We were talking about that in the boat. Uh, We were going to some gig, maybe it was the X1 or something, and we got somebody riding with us, and we start talking about synthesizers. And that, you know about Tonto? This gigantic synthesizer that was a whole room. It's in that movie. It was used for Stevie Wonder's three, uh, that's why, yeah, the organ man Pete's wife got some fake news that Stevie Wonder had been killed in a car wreck. And that's why we started talking about this. Because with right. Don Dalton, he's a lawyer. He's not a synthesizer player. <laughs> but anyway, that movie had that synthesizer. And that movie was a trip. Yeah, and There's yeah, an album that uses this. It was a guy from England, a guy from U.S. This, these two guys that ran this gigantic synthesizer. All patched together, huge thing. And uh, there's an album called Tonto's... Uh, Expanding headband. Check check it out. Yes. I think YouTube.com. You can hear it in the, the stories. But it's on stuff like in for the city and uh, superstition. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I love those keyboard sounds. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, Phantom, and he's wearing like a kind of helmet, right? The, the Phantom, and he's got a chaos pad around his neck, basically. That's right. Kind of. He's ahead of the the, the curve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of wanted to be a bit like the Phantom of the Paradise as well. God, you remember that movie? I, I, I remember it too. It was very trippy. Yeah, I remember the time book. it came out. The time it came out was around Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's right. I think it was about a year after. Yeah, so it had that kind of trippy vibe. Although, yeah, like the music was kind of old time rock and rolly. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah. Uh, the, the 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 vibe was different. I mean, it was more like a movie where Rocky Horror Picture Show, the people who went to that thing, they'd go every week. And they'd, they'd like take it over. I, in fact, 
Well, I can't say I saw it that was at the Tiffany, I think, it was named West Hollywood. I saw them at the first punk gigs. Wow. Yeah. Trippy kind of cultural. Well, it it went to it, England. It was, a big, it, was, it was a big play in England. And then they made a movie out of it with uh, Tim Curry and Meatloaf, Susan Sarandon, I think. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Columbia, Australian lady. Yeah, Nell, Lil Nell was Columbia. She just passed away. Anyway, oh, so that's a big inspiration then to the the, the mask, uh, the yeah, yeah, and uh, my, performing my friends, with a mask. Um, yeah, my my friend um, Sangi, he 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 does prosthetics for films. Um, and when I got married, he basically said, "Right, I'm going to make you a, a, a face, you know, rather than wearing these crap masks all the time." Um, I'm going to make you a good one. So he, he put my head in plaster cast, moulded my face, and then made a, a one-off mask that, that kind of sticks to my face. And what's it made of? Um, it's made of, like, a fibreglass. It's the same stuff that the uh, Phantom of the Opera uses on stage. Okay. And the company that he was working for made those masks, so he kind of took that on board. Um, and in a weird way, it kind of came full circle because uh, I was wearing... Basically, a Phantom of the Opera mask. I saw Paul Williams go through some security uh, maybe a year ago at an airport. I'm, I'm surprised you could see him. See, yeah, he's a small guy, <laughs> a short guy. <laughs> that's, that's wild, a uh, connection like that, because God, that's like from my teenage time. Uh, that, that's man. interesting how they come together. Look, if somebody was to ask you for advice, a younger person about this music stuff. What would you tell? Um, ignore genres at all costs. Um, genres are the worst. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and just just do do your thing. You know what I mean? Don't don't let anyone tell you. Um, it, well, if if anyone tells you that you're not good enough, then just do it on your own. Oh shit! <laughs> That's excellent. I tried to live that, and so uh, thanks for fortifying that. You know what? I forgot. After the big one, we played Neem Pine by the Swifter and Ape Rug, BBS. Those are from Andrea Belfia, Sonia Maynaya, drummer. Had to give credit there. And I, I want to thank you so much, Brother Lee, for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you. And have it's a big, big success as pushing your level uh, motivational expression uh, adventure and uh, exploration. Uh, and p please flow me uh, new tunes as they come up aboard. Uh, it's been uh, January 3rd, 2017. Dish of the Watt from Pedro Show. I did 51 shows last year. I'm going to try to do as many this year. Everybody out there, keep your powder dry. <laughs>